I don't want to start naming names because there's so many here that deserve thanks, but... No, I'm not going to do that. Sorry. But those people that do that, you do good work, and, and um, this sort of thing couldn't happen without you, so thanks so much. So, uh, a few, well, until a few months ago, uh, my wife and I lived in L.A., Los Angeles, and um, the, it's an interesting and kind of weird city. If you've ever flown through it, it's a big, crazy city, and um, they make a lot of movies and TV there. That's where Hollywood is, and um, anyway, that's just kind of by the way for now. Anyway, one time um, when we were living there, uh, my parents came to visit us, and um, I was, my wife was at work, and um, I was a student, so I wasn't working. And so and my wife's birthday was coming up, and so we decided, well, while she's at work, we'll sneak off and do a bit of like birthday shopping for her, and I really wanted to get her a pair of shoes. These shoes are called Toms, which were really cool in the States. And I wanted to get her a pair of Toms, so I went into this um, sort of like surf shop that sells them, and I uh, walked in there, and um, there was a lady in the middle just absolutely screaming and crying. And um, you know when that sort of thing happens, you're trying to sort of not, like, be nosy, but it's kind of hard. You're in this room, uh, this shop, and she's just absolutely screaming at the top of her lungs, and she's just really upset. And um, she's crying because her son, who was, like, maybe 18, 19, something like that, had just been caught by a security guard in the bathroom of this um, the shop with drugs, and um, and was like basically busting him. She was uh, he was he was basically he called the cops. The cops were coming, and she just wouldn't couldn't believe that her son would have done that, and she was just absolutely terrified. And it was really really awkward moment. And so I kind of walked in and just kind of quickly looked at the price on these shoes and was like, okay, uh, let's think about that. And I walked out with mum and dad, and we were, walked out, and we thought, what was that about? That was really weird. Anyway, I went to another shop, I went and looked at the shoes there, they were more expensive at this other shop, so I said, well, let's go back to that weird surf shop where there's a crazy lady and a guy that had been caught doing drugs, and let's go get the, the shoes. And I walked back in there, this is about an hour later, and there's this lady crying and screaming, and her son had been caught with drugs, and a security guard basically giving him a dressing down. But the thing was, it was a different lady, and a different son. Does anyone have any idea what was going on? Anyone want to have a crack? Yep. What was that? A TV show, yeah. It turned out it was a, one of those hidden camera shows. In fact, the second time when we walked out, we got accosted and people gave us all these forms. To, they call them release forms. You have to, if you're on camera and they want to use you on, um, you know, even if you're just in the background, which is what we would have been, you have to sign off and say, yeah, it's okay, you can. So when we walked out, all of a sudden they like, thrust these um, forms at us and saying, hey, can we use this as, um, as a release? Because this is a hidden camera show. And uh, hidden camera shows have been around a long, long, long time, pretty er- since the pretty early days in uh, TV. And what I want to do is I want to show you, it's, it's a few minutes long, but I think it's kind of cool. I want to show you uh, a hidden camera clip. It's in German, but you don't need to know that. It's just, you can just follow it. You know, uh, normally, 
Normally with those sorts of things, the person that is being pranked on the hidden camera show laughs, but to me, to me she looked like she was about to cry because that's a pretty extreme one. But the thing is that's cool about hidden camera shows is normally when someone puts a camera on or somebody has a camera on you, you act a little bit funny, you know? So whenever people know they're being filmed, they don't act like themselves. But a hidden camera show, they don't know they're being filmed. And so you get to kind of see a little bit more of what they're actually like. And in some ways, this is a little bit of how we live our lives in general. Because we tend to act differently when we know we're being watched forgetting cameras and stuff, just if people can see us, we're out in public and all that kind of thing, we often act differently and we put on like our, uh, our kind of happy face and we try to kind of present ourselves in a way that is going to impress other people. And, but, but to do that, we kind of keep some stuff hidden. And then when we feel like we're away from uh, public view or prying eyes, uh, sometimes we, we act like somebody different and we maybe... Um, feel like in some ways we kind of live this double life, like this is who I am on the inside and this is who I show myself or how I show myself to other people. And uh, so this idea of being scrutinized, being watched, is a big part, even though we may not think about it consciously, I think it's a big part of how we live our lives and sometimes we're aware that we're being watched and other times we think we're not being watched. But this morning, I read to you a poem from the Bible Uh, from the book in the Bible called Psalms, that talked about how before you were even born, God was putting you together in your mother's womb. Now, I want to read to you that same little section of this poem, but I want to focus on something slightly different, a different aspect of this poem. So um, let's take a look at that. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, which is just saying, you know, my mother's womb. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And it's this line there that I've highlighted there that I want to draw your attention to. Your eyes saw my unformed body. What it's saying is, you know, none of us, except for with the crazy technology that we got to see in that video this morning, none of us actually kind of get to see a developing baby. Um, I mentioned that I have a son, and he was born uh, just under two years ago. And uh, I remember whenever they did those ultrasounds before he was born, they would show you a picture of him on, on the screen. But honestly, I don't know, you couldn't tell anything. It just looked like gray. It was like those images that I showed you that first night. It was just like gray, staticky. You don't know what you're looking at. We, we don't really get to see inside. But what the, the poet here is saying is that God has been watching you. Now, we talked about a similar thing this morning, that God was putting you together. But it's not just that God was putting you together. It's that God has been watching you. Now, this is interesting because... When we think about God creating us, we could kind of fall into the trap of thinking, oh, God just put me together, and then he kind of just dusted his hands and walked off, and he's like, yeah, I'm done, you know, as if like God hasn't had anything to do with us. But what the poet and what the rest of the Bible says is that God has been watching us before we were born and continues to watch us our whole lives. That means that even when we think we're alone, even when we think nobody is watching or nobody sees us, God sees us. And not only that, but God is holding you together. 
Sometimes, let me teach you a couple of like kind of technical terms that we sometimes use for God. Sometimes we describe God as the creator. That's what we were talking about this morning, that God made you and God made me. But there's another technical term we use to describe God and that God is sustainer. That means that God not only creates you and then walks, what actually God does, he creates you and then he keeps you alive. He sustains you. So it's not as if God just sort of checked out. God has stuck around your whole life and maybe most of your life you live and you're not even thinking about God. You don't even think that God's there or you're not conscious of God and yet God has been watching you your whole life and sustaining you. This is what it says elsewhere in the Bible. If it were God's intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all humanity would perish together and mankind would return to the dust. I know it's a little bit poetic and it might sound a bit strange, but what it's saying is that it's almost like God sustains us with his breath. It's it's using, um, it's not saying literal breath, but it's saying that God is the one that gives life to us all. And if God just decided to withdraw that, not even destroy us, just withdraw it, just say, well, you know, I'm, I'm off to do something else, then we would all just die instantly. The reason we're created is because of God, but the reason that we're sustained and we stay together and we keep living and breathing and laughing and crying and all those things is because God is keeping us alive. And it's not just in some general blanket way, but God is keeping each and every one of us individually alive. And God sees each one of us as individuals. And he's been watching you his whole, or your whole life, even when you don't realize it. Now, that sounds kind of cool in some ways. You know, we sometimes feel lonely and we feel like no one sees us. But maybe you're also a little bit terrified right now. I mean, maybe you're asking this question. Do I want God to see me? You know, sometimes I do things that I'm not proud of. Sometimes I do things that I regret. Sometimes I do things that I'm not supposed to, that are a bit dodgy or whatever. Do I really want God to see me then? Well, that's a really good question. And this is something that we're going to talk a little bit about tomorrow, is kind of the, the stuff that we want, we're embarrassed about, the stuff that we're shamed about, and where that kind of fits into this whole picture. But there's a whole lot of stuff. We have secrets, don't we? Things that we try to keep hidden. This is the stuff that we don't show people. When we feel like we're being watched, we keep it hidden. But we all have these secrets. And I'm going to show you a music video right now. My guess is for most of you, this is, I mean, this is about 10 years old. So for some of you, this is like when you're in nappies. So it's, it's a little bit old, but then the video is really cool and kind of interesting. So let's take a look at it. Quality is substandard, but you'll get the
Well, I know some of those are kind of funny, aren't they? Some of them, though, are really sad. And some of them are just kind of haunting. And maybe there was something up there that you could kind of relate to. And the point here is uh, we all have these secrets. So let me tell you, if, if, uh, and this band is called All American Rejects. So if the people making this video came and said, well, film me the All American Rejects video. And what you've got to do is you've got to write a secret down on this piece of card. No one's going to see your face, but you're going to show it to the camera. What would you write on that card? You know, I don't want to hear it, but what it, what, just think about it. What, what is it that you'd write on that? What's the something that you're ashamed of or something that you don't want other people to know about you or something that you tend to keep buried? You know, the amazing thing with God is that he sees that. Other people don't see it, and we try to hide it from them because we fear that if they saw it, they might not like us anymore. They may not love us anymore. But with God, he sees it all, the good and the bad, since day one. In fact, before you were even born, God has been watching you. And it doesn't matter what you've done, God still likes you and he loves you. That's the amazing thing with God. It's like, you know, if we were on a a TV show, and it was like the TV show was all about you, or all about me, it's not as if God after a while says, you know what? I don't like this show anymore. I don't like what you're doing. I'm just turning it off. I'm, I'm getting out of here. No, God keeps watching you no matter what's happened in your life. God is always watching you. And yes, God has um, ways that he wants us to live. And sometimes we can disappoint God. But when we do something that we're ashamed of, it doesn't turn God away from us. God just keeps loving us exactly the same. So when we say that God is watching you your whole life, it's not just like, it's not as if he's like watching you and he's like looking for you to slip up and and try to kind of pounce on you when you do something wrong. No, no, no. We're saying that God has been watching you because he loves you so much. And I probably didn't understand this until I became a dad. I know most of you aren't dead, so you just have to take my word for it. But, you know, Having a son has absolutely, completely changed my life. I mean, everything for all time has changed because of this baby. Every single day is just craziness with this little guy. And I know that he's not going to remember any of it until, you know, like three, four, five. And so there's going to come a time in in his life, his name's Joel. And I'm going to be able to say to Joel, Joel, I've been watching you your whole life. Even before you remember anything, I was there and I was watching you. And when I say that, I would be saying that as a way of saying, Joel, I love you. Now, when I say I've been watching Joel his whole life, I still don't get to see him all the time. But God sees him all the time. I don't get to see Joel properly when he was in his mother's womb, but God did. And it's the same for each and every one of us. God is watching us. And it doesn't matter what we've done, God still loves us. And you know, some of us, it might be kind of a, a bit of a strange idea to think that God has been watching us, because some, some of us feel like nobody's watching. Some of us feel like nobody cares, that we may as well just be invisible. It's like we, just, we could just disappear. We're, we're ignored, we're neglected, and we feel like nobody sees us. And there's a Bible story about a woman called Hagar who felt that way. And uh, this is, you know, the Bible, it's an ancient story. But the story, without going into a whole lot of detail, is a story about two women. And this woman, Hagar, 
and this woman, Sarah, had a fight. They had a falling out. Now, Hagar was Sarah's servant, which is what they had in those days. And she didn't have anything else. I mean, she was poor. She was a long way from family. There was no sort of social welfare system or any of that kind of thing. She relied on Sarah and Sarah's husband, Abraham, to look after her and her soon-to-be-born son. But Sarah turned on her. And because she turned on her, he said, you've got no place here. You're fired and you're out of here. And she sent Hagar out into the desert because that's where they live. And out in the desert's a harsh environment. There's nothing to eat. There's nothing to drink. And like I said, we're talking about a woman who has nowhere to go. And she's got a son now. And nobody sees her. She must have felt invisible. She must have felt like she was neglected. She must have felt like nobody cared. But then God sent an angel, like a, a, which is a messenger of God. And the messenger, the angel, appeared to Hagar and said, Hagar, God has got you. God has got this. God is watching you. And God is blessing you and your descendants and your son. It's like God's way of saying everything's going to be okay. And you know what, what Hagar said in response? She kind of praised God. You know, we sing with this band that's been great, and we worship God. And in a way, she was worshiping God, and she said to God, God, you are the God who sees me. That's there in the Bible, word for word. You are the God who sees me. This is Genesis 16, for those of you who are interested. That was almost like the name she was giving to God. And she wasn't saying, God, you've, you've been watching me and I'm really embarrassed about everything. She's saying, God, when nobody else noticed me and when I felt invisible, you saw little old me and you still love me. God is the God who saw Hagar, but God is the God who sees you. And he's been seeing you and watching you your whole life. And you know that time that you did that thing and you're really embarrassed about it, God sees that or saw that and still loves you. Or that time that you got in trouble for something and everyone said you did it and everyone still believes that you did it and you didn't, but no one seems to believe you. God saw it and he knows the truth because God is watching you. And you know that time that you were alone and you got really hurt and you would be embarrassed to admit it, but you closed the door and you cried and cried and cried and you felt like you were just totally in this on your own. God was watching you then. God has been watching you your whole life, the good and the bad. And God still loves you. God still says to you, you are mine. Because this is the God who sees you. Thanks, guys. I'm going to see you in the morning, but uh, please join me in welcoming up the worship band.